Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that harkens back to the days when only a few idiots and morons had a podcast. Now it seems like all of them do. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's show, we've got a brand new uh, segment for Pipe Parts. That's right, in Pipe Parts I have a guest. His name is Ash, and he is the uh, host of the Chaps Guide YouTube channel. And in this one, we just get to know him and talk a little bit about his channel but in future episodes with Ash, we're going to talk about uh, hats and jackets and all kinds of things for uh, men's lifestyle. And you'll hear more about that. But uh, again, it's just kind of fun and interesting and uh, not really pipe related. But I'm excited about it because, you know, I like dressing nice. So we get that. Uh, in uh, my guest is uh, more <laughs> more of me and uh, me and Fred Hanna, the, yeah, the two the two doctors of pipes dissing on pipes and and uh, yeah, we got a couple of interesting topics for this week. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And before we go any further, and more on this in the rant. Uh, pipe shows are back in season and coming up. Yes, I believe this weekend coming up in St. Louis is the St. Louis Pipe Show. Uh, Briarworks has the Mule Town Pipe Show scheduled for the middle of March. And the Chicagoland Pipe and Tobacchiana Expo, better known as the Chicago Pipe Show, is scheduled for Memorial Day weekend. So that's May 27th, 28th, 29th, I believe. I know I am already planning my visit. Uh, if you need more information, go online and Google, and I'll give you more on that. Uh, I can tell you the uh, Mule Town Pipe Show is going to have one of, our, uh, one of our past guests. His estate will be there. So not only is it going to be uh, new pipes and Briarworks pipes, it's going to there's going to be an estate full of tobacco and pipes there. So check that out. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Joining us on the Pipes Magazine radio show for Pipe Parts, because you are not a pipe-related person per se, but uh, Ash is the uh, presenter, as you might call it in England, or you're also the creator of the Chaps Guide, is a YouTube channel, uh, and I believe the tagline is... Uh, Life, uh, the Chaps Guide, Life and Sartorial Skills. So, Ash, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. 
Well, thank you very much, Brian. It's an absolute pleasure to join you today. So we're going to have you on for a couple of these, you know, for, for a handful of these segments, talking a little bit about stuff. But first, let's get to know you. You are from England, born and raised, and you didn't adapt your accent just to sound smarter than, than me. Uh, well, I can put you right there. I'm actually from Wales, which uh, Welsh people don't like being called English, but uh, close enough. I'm living in England. I'm married to an English person. And my, my son is English, so as close as can be. <laughs> so how did talk about the beginning of the chaps guide youtube channel what was the reason what's the yeah what's the thesis statement okay well it's it is an interesting journey and like many interesting journeys it was an accident um uh, around about well i think the channel's been running uh, probably just over two years now and around about two years ago i was a uh, trustee of a charity and we were seeking to use YouTube as a platform to share a safety message with a certain segment of the community, older people particularly. It was an older person safety charity. And uh, I was the only sort of person who had any knowledge of YouTube at all. In fact, I would consider myself to be quite a mild user of YouTube at the time, rarely used it. Um, so I thought, well, if we're going to be creating a channel for our charity, I better learn more about this platform to make it appear as if we know what we're doing. So I thought I'll set up a channel in my own name or give it a name otherwise and use that to, to do our learning before we created our own channel. And that's why I chose the chaps kind really, because I thought, well, what, what can I talk about? You know, I wanted to do something real and I have always had something of a, an interest in, I wouldn't go as far as to say style, I, you know, sartorial elements. Then I've always enjoyed being smartly dressed and things like that and had an interest in heritage and history around the way people dress and why they dress in a certain way. So I set up the YouTube channel, uh, Chaps Guide, and actually our, the main reason why I did it for this other purpose, that ran its course. We, we ran it for a year, as was the plan, and, it, and it's now been retired. So... The Chaps Guide has outlived um, the, the the reason why I created it in the first place. <laughs> and uh, it's become, I'd go as far as to say, quite a labour of love. You know, I really enjoy having that platform to speak to people. Um, you know, I've made so many friends around the world. Um, people who drop me comments and uh, write to me quite regularly. And I, I even get letters from people because I, I often talk about sort of more heritage ways of things and people like to write you know i often talk about fountain pens and things like that and i often get a an email from somebody asking for my sort of postal address and then sure enough i'll start getting letters from you know i get them from uh, canada america all all over the world so uh, yeah it's opened many many doors for me uh, as regards to you know building relationships and of course learning because when you when you're going to present a topic uh, that you think you know about, but then you don't want to look a fool. So you you do a bit of research and then you actually find you only knew a little bit. So I guess that's where some of the pleasure is, is actually learning about the topics that I, that I speak about. You know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert. I am merely an amateur gentleman who's interested in the sartorial world, really. And it's, and it's not just the sartorial world. I, it's men's style, self-development, personal grooming, a sort of tagline which I use. It's all of those things which, which encompass the, the total package of what you might describe as a modern, modern gentleman. So that's the, that's the plan anyway. 
So for, for us Americans, because most of the people that listen to this show are Americans, um, you're actually, you're, you're not overdressed. It's not a, the, the dress style is not to be, I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's not a flamboyant style. It's a style of comfort and a level of elegance that doesn't, you don't blend in, but you don't stand out either. That's a really good way of putting it, Brian. I mean, the term which I uh, routinely use is being an intentionally well-dressed man, which for me means it's it's not looking, you know, like the peacock in the room. It's about dressing in a, in a functional way, but dressing as well as you can within the boundaries of, you know, cost. I'm, I'm a very frugal person and I, I buy a lot of items uh, on eBay that have been yeah. pre-owned because, you know, I, I can't afford 500 pounds for a pair of shoes, things like that. So I source them for remarkably cheap prices on in other routes. But my goal is always to be the best dressed man in any room that I walk into without it being immediately obvious. It's only when people take a second look at you and they realize that, you know, your shoes are well taken care of. There's a good shine on them. There's a crease in your trousers. Your clothes fit well because you've taken them to the seamstress and had them, you know, made to fit you well. It's all those little things. You're, you're wearing cufflinks instead of buttons. You've got a maybe a decent wristwatch on. You know, all those little touches which make the difference. It's not about looking some sort of, uh, you know, flamboyant dandy. It's <laughs> about just being functionally well-dressed, but doing it to the best level that you can achieve. And at the same time, you also deal with some stuff that is about in, about self-development. And in particular, you're a big proponent of journaling. Uh, so you're also worried. It's not just a facade. You want to, you want to be a chap on the inside as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I absolutely advocate, um, you know, as you say, journaling, keeping a diary, whatever you, you, know, you would refer it to. Uh, and it's a very, it's not just appearing to be a well put together guy. I think there's far more to it than that. You know, it's about keeping yourself in trim. You know, if, you, um, if you've got a healthy mind, if you've got a healthy body, this will, uh, you know, will be immediately obvious when you meet people. And uh, particularly as you get older, because, you know, one of the things which, which saddens me when I, I'm just about to turn 52 in a few weeks and I look at other men of a similar age. And I'm, I'm often surprised to find that people tend to, I'm not going to say let go of it, you know, but they, they, they kind of, there's a lack of pride as one gets older. Because, you know, we've got lots of responsibilities. You've got children perhaps growing up. You may be caring for elderly parents. You're probably at the very peak of your responsibility in your job because you've been doing it for possibly 30 years. So you've got a lot going on. And you see lots of chaps who, who let themselves go. You know, they don't dress very well. They don't look after their bodies. They don't shave. You know, you see everybody these days wearing a beard. And in many cases, I believe it's because they can't be bothered to shave every day. <laughs> and it's all of these little touches, which uh, I think it's important. We talk about that. You know, we don't beat people up. I mean, it's all about generally it's my observations in, in the world that I see around me and, uh, and, and my experience. Because when you get to, you know, half a century on the clock, you've been around the block a few times. And in fact, you've, you've worn a bit of a groove in the block <laughs> so you can help other people learn from your mistakes. I have, uh, I have actually found, and I've used this advice in the past that 
when I go out into a public place that if I look better than most people, I get treated better than most people, uh, especially when I travel, which I used to do a lot of, that if, you're, if you show up to the airport and you're wearing your favorite lounge pants and a t-shirt and a soft sweatshirt, the odds of you getting moved out of coach you know, for free and moved up are slim, none, and never. But if you're wearing a good, you know, a good pair of pants and a, you know, comfortable stuff for flying, but yet dressed nicely, I'm pretty sure that that's worked for me. And I'm pretty sure you would agree that, you know, you get treated better when you look and feel better. Oh, absolutely. And I think many studies over the years have shown that, a, you know, a well-dressed person is, if you walked into a room of, of uh, if you were in a group of people and somebody walked into the room, and you're the person who's wearing a sports jacket instead of a sweatshirt, or you know, you're wearing trousers, a pair of chinos even instead of jeans, and a pair of shoes instead of sneakers. Uh, you know, the perception of that new person in the room would be that's the leader, that's the person who has responsibility because you've taken the effort to dress in that fashion. And I think if you dress in that way, people you know will draw that inference from you. And they will afford you that gravitas, whether it's earned or not, mm -hmm. but simply by the way that you dress. This is why, you know, you see politicians, they always wear a suit, uh, people in positions of responsibility. Um, you know, they, they wear a uniform because that is the physical manifestation in many respects of their status in life. And uh, we can weaponize that as ordinary people. You know, we can weaponize being well-dressed. To, to create better outcomes for us. And I'm absolutely certain that that is the case. Before we go, I will, I will say you do not smoke a pipe, but you do feature a pipe as on your, on your table in several of your videos. Uh, would you like to give the, the story of that pipe? Yeah, well, it's not, it's not a very exciting story. I mean, uh, I've never been a smoker, uh, in, in the traditional sense. I mean, when I, I was in the military a long time ago, 25 plus years ago, and I was based in Belgium. And um, I used to smoke the old cigar, basically, because it was tax-free. And uh, I was exploring life, so to speak. So I would enjoy the flavor of a cigar, as one does. And uh, I still occasionally have a cigar. I have smoked a cigar, I think, a few times on the videos. Uh, but a, a while ago, a good friend of mine gave me a pipe, he gifted a pipe to me, uh, because uh, we'd traveled together and He's a non-smoker, so he was aghast when I lit a cigar. So he said, if you want to try something, try a pipe. Because he remembered his grandfather um, smoking a pipe in the house, and there was always this uh, aromatic fragrance, which was you know, very different to cigarettes and perhaps cigar smoke, which is you know, quite pleasant, opposed to being repellent, you know, yeah. as often I, I would say as cigarette smokers. And uh, he gave me this, this pipe, and I actually found little use for it, uh, it's always sort of laid around on the desk. And when I actually started doing my videos, um, I often have a little notebook near me. I don't use a script, but I, I speak sort of off the cuff generally. But I have a notebook of things that I thought about that I would like to include in the video. Because uh, I often do most of my videos outdoors um, because I, I love being in the outdoors and I, I have access to some nice land. So on a good day, I'll, I'll sit outdoors and, and do the video. Uh, and that way you don't need to bother with lighting or audio either because it's all taken care of by mother nature 
And it, the wind often causes the notes of my, my pages in my notebook to flit, flutter over. So I actually use the pipe as a bit of a paperweight. And you'll be surprised how many people have written in the comments of my videos and asked me more about the pipe, what I smoke, asked me to discuss uh, my thoughts around certain tobaccos. So there is obviously quite a strong cadre of people out there with a profound interest of pipe smoking. So, uh, yeah, that's the story. Simple as that. Maybe one day I'll come to England and we'll sit down and we'll look at the pipe and I'll talk to you about it and maybe help you try it. But for now, um, if you have a, the, it, the, the YouTube channel is the chaps guide, C H A P apostrophe S guide. Uh, the top video has 96,000 views right now, almost 10,000 subscribers. So go on YouTube Check out everything that Ash is doing, and Ash will have you come back, and we'll we'll hit some we'll hit some little details for everybody in the next couple of months. And if anybody has a subject that you want us to dig into, just email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. In the meantime, Ash, thank you very much. Look forward to doing more of these with you. My pleasure. Nice to speak to you. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, here comes, uh, I guess, the, uh, the the second installment of uh, Two Doctors Dissing on Pipes. Yep, me and uh, Fred Hanna, Ph.D. Now, I do want to tell you that uh, these, are, these are all questions that have been pre-recorded, and they're in no particular order. Uh, when I when I lay these out, I lay them out, or the order that the that they're coming to you in is based off of how it fits time wise with the show. So if you hear references to other questions in it, well, just know that we've recorded that, and that might have been before that or after that, but you're hearing it in a order that fits time wise with the show. So here we go. Okay, Fred. Next question. This one. This one should be pretty easy for me. So. <clears throat> But, okay. But this right. is your this is your question. Uh, yeah. Have your taste preferences in tobacco varietals and mixtures changed over the last thirty years? So I'll let you answer that. Well, <clears throat> uh, I have. There have been some uh, um, changes in my taste uh, and preferences in tobacco. I for years and years I was strictly English. And I remember um, in the early days when I was getting into really good English tobacco, 
I would try an occasional Virginia, and I would just smoke that stuff, and I think, what do people see in this? Um, but as the years went on, I would say probably 1999, 2001, somewhere in there, I tried some um, McCraney's Red Ribbon, um, you know, the uh, the original batch from 1983. And I was um, very, very taken with it. And I started to explore other Virginias, most notably Barry Levin's, um, you know, Virginias and um, PCCA, you know, from Bob Hamlin um, and other uh, other Virginias. And I started to say, whoa, what have I been missing? Because, you know, they really, really appealed to me. Then as I've gotten older, because I'm 72 now, um, I don't require as much Latakia in English blends as I used to. I still smoke English blends, and I'm very, very fond of them. So it's not like I lost interest in the English and Latakia blends. What happened is that I started to appreciate uh, Virginia. So there wasn't a trade here. It was like I I got to add a whole another category of tobacco. And so that happened. Uh, so I don't like as much Latakia as I used to. It's not a big difference. But I don't like as much Latakia as I used to in my earlier, day, earlier days. But um, so then and I've heard of uh, a good number of guys who, once they get past 65 or 70 or whatever, their um, p- their preference for Latakia changes. And some guys say they don't like Latakia anymore. I've heard that, which is pretty radical. I've heard others say, like me, they don't like it as much. Um, I So I think it's interesting, but that's certainly true in my case. What do you think? Well, what you bring up here scares me to death. <laughs> What's that? And, and I'll tell you two two reasons why it scares me to death. One, I tried at the beginning of my pipe smoking, yeah, at, at the beginning of my uh, journey through the pipe smoking world, I was told, and this was 1996, 97, that, you know, English blends are where all the high, you know, that's all the classy people. Uh, and don't do the aromatics. And I was okay with not doing the aromatics because I, you know, they were, they were okay, but weren't really doing anything for me. Yeah. I never got into those. So go ahead. But I tried for years to like Latakia and every time I'd smoke it, it would just make me cough and I didn't like it. And so, so one, you're telling me that basically I, you know, 20 something years ago, I was 65 or 70 years old already. (laughs) <laughs> so thank you. Um, but then, a, then a light went, yeah, you know, a light bulb went off for me right around 1999, 2000, when I discovered Escudo and uh, Peter Stokeby's uh, Twist Flake, and I found my wheelhouse with that with with that range, you know, that kind of the dark fired, the dark fired in Virginia's or Virginia Periques. Uh, uh-huh. And then I got stuck. Yeah, and then I got stuck in a rut by 2004, where everything I was smoking had some sort of perique in it, and I'm still there. 
And the other, but the other reason that you scared me is that I'm not, you know, I'm 10 years away from 10 plus years away from, uh, from 65 and everything that I have stockpiled and saved up is some sort of Virginia Perique or some Virginia, except for my HH old dark fired, ready rubbed. So if I change, which I've heard this happening to people too, where Perique really bothers them, uh, I'm in deep trouble. Yeah. Because I've got a good amount of Virginia Periques. So Yeah. <laughs> um, that is an understatement. You know, but yes. And yeah. I and I physically have to force myself to smoke other Virginias and the occasional uh, you know, the occasional Virginia Oriental, I have to, you know, I have to deviate away from my usual cause I'm pretty much a one tobacco person. Uh, you know, if you remember back, uh, to the second version of the seven questions for seven experts, I asked everybody if it was, you know, if your if your seller was for life was going to be a hundred tins, would it be one blend or one, you know, oh, yeah, a hundred sure. of one, yeah. two of, well, my answer to that would have been a hundred of one because I'm pretty much stuck in one tobacco <laughs> and I have to force myself to smoke other stuff. I have to remind yeah. myself to smoke non Virginia Periques. Wow. So yeah, it really kind of scares me. Uh, I will say that I have found a few, you know, things outside of my Virginia Perique world that I like, but most of those are during the warmer humid months so i'm happy with that but <laughs> yeah you you've really scared me it's possible that i was in my late 60s in the 1990s and i could be the oldest person on earth so thank you <laughs> well i i uh this you know the tough part of this is that it's impossible to predict who knows yeah, and I do know I I do know a lot of pipe smokers that go through a uh, that go through a change in their life and their and their body chemistry changes and all of a sudden something starts to bother them and they have to switch. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, I know a I, lot. And yeah. Latakia is one of those. I've talked to a lot of guys yeah. that just can't get into Latakia anymore when they get older. You know, I'm glad that's not me. Yeah, yeah. I I used to be able to drink a pot of coffee a day, and then something something somewhere triggered me a couple of years ago to where if I drink, yeah, you know, if I drink four or five cups during the day, I I've got the you know my heart's running like I'm like I'm running a marathon and I'm sweating like a pig. So, <laughs> you know, I had to make that change in my in my diet and my lifestyle. Uh. Yeah, so all I've done is just improve the quality of the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Drinking three, yeah. three yeah. maybe four cups of really good coffee instead of one pot full of mediocre coffee. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big issue right there for me too. Yeah, and I yeah so yeah I'm just you know I'm I'm basically along for the ride and I hope it's a smooth one. Yeah, well you know. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'll be really, really interested to see what happens because I know how much of a big fan you are of Virginia Perique. Yeah. And in fact, when I think of people who smoke vapors, you know, which as people know, vapor is Virginia Perique. Um, when I think of people who smoke that, you're one of the first ones that pop into my mind. 
Yeah, and, I, I like uh, a little bit it, of Virginia with my Perique, so. So how often do you smoke a Latakia blend in a year? Well, that's easy. Never. <laughs> For real? Never. I still, I still to this day, if I'm at my pipe club gathering and the guys are smoking English blends, yeah. I will make sure that I'm on the other side of the table or downwind from them because it, it, it bothers me. If I'm at a pipe, if I'm at a pipe show and the room, you know, whatever the room's full of Latakia, I got to get away from it. Um, no kidding. I didn't know it was that serious. Wow. I, I, well, and, and this may have more to do with my physiology, but there are certain smells and tastes or smells that if I'm in the room with some, you know, cheap perfume or excessive perfume, I can actually taste the smell in my mouth. Wow. Um, I hate to tell you what the other thing is because it's really popular to smoke in California and Oregon, Washington, and uh, several other states now, but I can walk by someone smoking marijuana and I can taste it for 10, 15, 20 minutes later. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the wow. same thing that happens with Latakia. Um, I I really don't like single malt scotches for the same really? same yeah same experience. That? That that peaty whatever taste gets stuck in my mouth and it dries my I can't taste anything else. Uh, but there's different kinds of single malts. One is peaty, you know the uh, yeah. the eyelid, the eyelid versions, and then you've got the other types that are not so peaty, like yeah. you know um, um, Glenfiddich and uh, McAllen's and those that are not the the eyelids. Do they do it to you as well? Yep. And I can tell oh, you, damn. I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter what kind of rocket fuel you put in me. This rocket ain't launching with that stuff. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's just who I am. Uh, I'll be damned. Huh? You know, now I have a very small pocket of wines that I really like. And then the rest of them just taste, uh, you know, like either, you know, like sour, <laughs> sour grape juice or, you know, <laughs> bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that so this is this question, although I don't have an answer for it, is a big concern of mine going forward. You know, because I have these I have these experiences, and I and I worry about them. Yeah. So Virginia Perique has always been your fascination in tobacco. Always. I'll be damned. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing or I didn't really enjoy smoking a pipe until three or four key factors came in at once. And one of them was Virginia Periques. I'll be damned. Yeah. And that was, you know, now, that, now what about just straight Virginias? Um, do you tolerate those or yeah, love them. You have to have Perique. no. I love the straight Virginias during the summertime here in the South when it's warm and humid. Uh -huh. uh, I can take the, so I can take my same straight Virginias that I'm smoking in the summertime here and I can go to Las Vegas like I used to do once a year for the trade show in the middle of July, which Las Vegas in July is, you know, uh, if that's, if, if hell is nearly as hot as that, I don't want to go. Uh, oh yeah, man. That's like that's the classic oven. Yeah. On Earth. But then I get there, and the lack of humidity 
makes my straight Virginias not smoke right. So I save the straight Virginias for humid, hot days. Really? That's yep. interesting. Yeah. Body chemistry. So any, yeah. anyway, it, it's a scary question, but an interesting one and one that I know I will have to deal with. And I know others have dealt with it in the past, too. Fair enough, my friend. And we'll take a break right here and be back with more of Fred in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And here is uh, Fred and I discussing one more question. All right, Fred. Uh, question is, <laughs> wow. Uh, what are your, and you wrote these too. Um, <laughs> what are your three favorite individual pipes in your collection, regardless of brand or maker? Oh God. Um, you want to go, you want to pick one? You, you pick one first while I try to digest this. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I wrote the question, so I, I uh, guilty as charged. Mm -hmm. um, after I wrote that question and after I sent it to you, I thought to myself, <laughs> I, I quit. Can't answer this. <laughs> yeah, I can't answer this question myself. Um, maybe a better question would be, overall, what are your favorite brands um, as opposed to individual pipes? Would that be a better question, you think, Brian? No, I think we ought to work on these three individual pipes because brands is oh, a whole okay. different that that's a whole different subject. But I I think and this is this is the way I would go at this. Okay. If the house were on fire and I had time to pick three mm -hmm. pipes yeah. out of the yeah. pipes that I own right now, yeah. what would those three be? Wow. You know, which which three are so irreplaceable to me that, you know, even though I might get insurance money and, you know, you might be able to buy them again, uh, but which three would it be? Yeah. Um, and I, I actually think I have the three that I would that I would grab. Really? Yeah. Well, lay them on me. And I apologize to all the other pipes that I own, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the clock's ticking and there's a fire going. And so the first one that I would grab, uh, the first of the three is I have one Disneyland pipe that is in my current smoking that that's in my regular smoking rotation. Uh, it's uh -huh. the only pipe out of that entire Disney collection that gets smoked on a regular basis. The rest of them are part of a collection and is a you know is on display. 
here at the museum at my house dedicated to me. Um, <laughs> but it's a it it's a 1960s Sheraton era international selection, which was Sheraton seconds that they would occasionally private label. Oh, really? And okay. It, you know the okay. classic straight tun shape that they did, just that big. Oh yeah, of course. You know the yeah, big yeah. billiard. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's one of those, and on the bottom of it is it's stamped Disneyland, made in London, England, with the Sheraton stamping. Yeah, with the Sheraton with the the Sheraton style made in London, England. Um, and then the first thing I did with it was I got that stupid double comfort stem off of it, and I had Ronnie B from Tennessee make a basic acrylic smoking stem for it. Uh, and it smokes really well. So that, mm. you know, and that would, that would be a pipe from my, from my Disney collection that, you know, yeah, there's no way I can replace this pipe because first of all, it smokes really well. Second of all, it's one of the three Disneyland ones that I have versus the other 60 plus Walt Disney world ones. Uh, so that, that would be pipe number one. Uh, I, I think, anyway. yeah, I think I'd actually, sure. yeah. All right, you so, got um, your house is on fire. Did you did you grab one? Yeah, yeah, I got one. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, Sheraton Shape Forty Four. Um, that is uh, probably from the nineteen sixties. It's a Supreme, and the Shape Forty Four. For those who don't know this, uh, like me. Um, is uh, the shape 44 is one of the most collectible of all the Sheraton shapes. It's a fat, deep bent billiard or bent billiard billiard. Um, it's just a, a fat boy. And <laughs> I have one that qualifies. It's not the greatest grain. It's good. That's nice. Straight grade. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the greatest grain. Um, but it, um, is extremely comfortable. Uh, I had uh, George Debos make a uh, better stem for it. It's, <laughs> I don't like the double comfort bits. Yeah. So I never this never had one of those. But George made a very very nice um, stem for it, with including um, a Sheraton stamp on the stem that you you couldn't tell was um, uh, you know secondary market. This is one of is one of the magic pipes that I talk about in my book, and I figured, you know, um, if I'm going to grab a pipe, I'm going to grab one that is uh, how we how can we say superlative smoker, and uh, a magic pipe that I describe in the book is you can put just about any tobacco in there and it's going to taste great. In fact, it's not even fair because the tobacco is going to taste better than it is in this particular, in a magic pipe. And unfortunately, um, a magic pipe comes along in a, in good among good quality pipes, one out of every two or 300 pipes will be a magic pipe. And so one of the ones that I own that I would grab would be the Sheraton uh, Supreme 44 interesting how both of us picked a Sheraton made product as the first ones and both of us yeah. have replacement stems on them. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. 
Sheraton, makers of great pipes and shitty stems. That's <laughs> true. That was. I don't, I, I've always hated the double comfort. I, it's just never did anything for me. And, um, yeah, it, it's that's another another story. Another, yeah, another top. Yeah. All right. So my next pipe would be a uh, would be one that uh, if anybody's familiar with me would probably be able to figure it out. It's my little Jody Davis workhorse billiard uh the first one that really kind of set the standard for the workhorse billiard pipe and this is one of the two this is one of the two pipes that travels everywhere with me if i leave the yeah if i if i leave the house there are two pipes that i grab no matter what because i know that this pipe in particular and the other one that was made by ernie markle uh this pipe in particular will smoke two to three bowls a day without giving me any problems, without giving me any complaints. It's got the dimensions that I need. It's a perfect size for being able to throw it in my pocket. It's comfortable. It's a sandblast. Sorry, Fred. Uh, (laughs) And this, I mean, this pipe has been on every trip with me for seven, eight years now. So, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, this, <laughs> it looks like it needs a really good cleaning now too, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm always hesitant to have it cleaned because then it might change the way it tastes for a while. So I have to go through a whole nother break in process with it. And I hear that. Um, uh, but I've probably smoked this ball. I, I didn't buy this pipe new. I just happened to come upon it. I don't remember how I got it, uh, because I don't remember stuff like that. But I do remember discovering that this is a pipe that I can put two or three bowls through in a day and it not get bitter on me, not get nasty. I can take it to the dry desert and it smokes fine. I can take it down to the Caribbean in the humidity and it's fine. It's traveled all over the place with me and only once in the years that I've owned it and probably the well over a thousand bowls that I've smoked through it only one time have I had to send it in for a repair. And that's because the stem finally got loose on me. No kidding. Yeah. This, this pipe's got more frequent flyer miles than most people get in a lifetime. Uh, (laughs) Um, yeah. Wow. Well, um, can I tell you my second? Sure. Um, when would this have been probably around 2002, or so, um, I bought a pipe on eBay, and it was my very first Paul Ilstead pipe. Uh-oh. Now, Paul Ilstead is now um, dearly departed. Uh, I got to know him a little bit, um, and I love the guy. Um, I don't want to get too much into his biography, but I love the guy, and I love talking to him and Pretty much all we ever did was laugh. But anyway, this first Ilstead that I got put me on a Ilstead binge that really has never ended. Um, and the 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 curious thing is that that first Ilstead that I ever bought was a magic pipe. Hmm. But I made the mistake of thinking that all Ilsteads must smoke like this. <laughs> and that's just wrong. Um, because there's lots of variation 
say, I know a lot of people that say, oh, so-and-so such make, they all smoke this way. They all smoke that way. They all taste this way. And there might be a very small kernel of truth to that, but I don't believe it because I've had uh, lots of, like, for example, we just talked about Sheraton's. I've had Sheraton's that just taste raunchy, just horrible. Yeah. And I mean unsmoked ones that I've tried to break in as well. Um, there's a tremendous amount of variation. Well, I have owned probably 50, you know, Billstead pipes are not common. But I've, and I, of course, I only collect the straight grains. So I've had probably 15 Illstead pipes over the years. I think I have five now. And they're all, you know, good smoking pipes. But this one is a magic pipe. And it's very, very pretty um, grain. And it has a nice, beautiful stem with a big chunk of horn on it. It's very, very pretty to look at. But when I look at it, it's funny. I don't look at its beauty. I think to myself, damn, does that pipe taste good? <laughs> and, um, and so that's the first thing I think of when I just when I look at that pipe. So it's uh, and, you know, Ilstead didn't grade his pipes. So it was there was nothing there. Um, I, I remember having a conversation with him once. He, he said, Fred, here, look at this pipe. Yeah, yeah. You see how I have this stamped in there, made in Denmark? Yeah. Uh, you see this uh, hand cut? Yeah, yeah. He says, you know, I wonder why, why I put those stamps on there. Everybody knows it's hand cut. Everybody knows that it's made in Denmark. I'm just going to put my name on it and to hell with it. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Paul, <laughs> that's just fine with me. <laughs> so sure enough, toward the end of his his career, he put less and less <laughs> stamps on his pipes. <laughs> so, so that probably saved him from the chances of damaging a pipe while putting all those stamps on, too. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can only imagine the uh, tribulations he must have. Yeah, well, yeah. and it, it's got to be rough for I had I had a similar experience with Costello because uh, two of my I had two Costellos that I got for free when I was working at Hulk O'Roar, and they were in the scratch and dent bin, and we had just discontinued carrying Costellos, and those two one of them is still with me because it's absolutely great, and every other Costello that I've had after that I've tried to measure up to that one pipe, and it does they don't measure up. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Now, if you'll notice, it's not in the... I'll, I'll give you my third pipe here because that Costello is not, uh, not in the three. Um, yeah. It, yeah. My third pipe is my first little Sato. Uh, it was... Really? Yeah. It, it was from a... Um, uh, it was from a time in our life when... Uh, when for me, buying a Sato was a monumental moment. Because, you know, that's just, you know, that was the, that was the financial times in our life. Uh, uh-huh. It was a, uh, uh, it was essentially going to be my Christmas present to myself. And that was, you know, that was it. Cause that was way over the budget. Uh, I was working at smoking pipes. So I was able, it lasted long enough where I got the employee discount for it. And I remember, you know, it was kind of the big, it was really the beginning of my transition out of Lavat's and 
lumbermen's and Canadians into something that had a bend in it and wasn't nearly that long. Uh, and the the story that I've told before is I got it and I got ready to smoke it that night and the first bowl was absolutely terrible mm. and I was really kind of depressed about it and then so I just set it down and you know went to bed and the next morning I got up and I thought you know what let me try that pipe again so I gave it you know so I ran a pipe cleaner through it did my Everclear cleaned it out and lit up the bowl the next morning and it was just magical no uh, shit. Yeah. Huh. And then I discovered how well that pipe does with like McCraney's red ribbon, which was readily available at that time. Uh, so now that pipe gets saved specifically for the summer times when I'm smoking my red Virginias in the morning, except for the occasional time during the winter or the cooler months where I'll miss it and I'll pull it out and I'll smoke it. <laughs> Uh, but that was the beginning of my of my love affair with Sato's pipes and just that one pipe in particular. And and I know that. So with the three pipes that I picked, I've got two. Uh, I've got two Virginia Perique pipes. One larger, one in my standard wheelhouse, and then I've got one Virginia pipe in my smaller size. Um, but hopefully in the house fire that I'm, that I'm not having, I'm not planning on having, hopefully yeah. in the house fire my tobacco doesn't all burn up because, boy, we could do a whole other thing on the, on the three, <laughs> on the tobaccos. But, yeah, so there's my, oh, yeah. there's my three yeah. pipes in my collection right cool. now that I can, I can never imagine not owning these pipes. Yeah, I, see, I, I get that, man. My third pipe is uh, a Lenatra. Um, which is a brand made in Italy, and some yeah. people might be familiar with it because there's a goose's head that comes out of the stem. Yeah, and um, it actually stands up on some of them. Yeah, it's, and some of them, yes. And this is one of those. It's a three-note Fiamata, which was their highest grade. It's a big chubby boy, uh, two and a half inches high, but it is really thick. And... Um, I've had lots of Lenatras over the years. Right now, I only own two, both of which are very, very well-grained, of course. Um, this pipe is another magic pipe. Everything I put in there sinks. It tastes, by the way, better than any other Lenatra I've ever had. That's not even in the ballpark. But it tastes better than just about any other pipe I've ever had. <laughs> um, there's just something about it that, for some Un unknown inscrutable reason this pipe just everything i put in there is just fabulous and i don't understand this i uh, greg pease and i have talked about this at length too what is the deal marty palvers too is interested in this what the hell is the deal with these <laughs> magic pipes if we could control the production of magic pipes it would be it would change the whole pipe world yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, if you could control the production of them, then finding them wouldn't be any damn deal. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was telling my kids as they were getting as they were going through high school and stuff. You know, obvious. You know, usually you have to have a couple of girlfriends and or boyfriends, and 
you know, you have your starter girlfriends and boyfriends, and then you have the ones that get more serious, and then you have the ones that are the really hard breakups, and then you finally find one that you want to stay with for the rest of your life. So, <laughs> or, or or in yeah. or in my case, is willing to put up with my shit for a long amount of time. But yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh there's there's the answer to that. Three. Yeah, I guess that would be our, uh, yeah, our three favorite individual pipes in our collection. Right, Fred? Yeah. There you go. Two more questions. And uh, maybe we should call these, uh, call this little series uh, from the head of Fred. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And uh, all right. So Valentine's Day is uh, coming up. Yep. Coming up shortly here. So don't forget, buy your cards and whatever flowers for your loved one. Go ahead. You know, it's just a it, it's a love tax. You got to do it. Don't fight it. Uh, but this week for music, we go back to B.B. King, who was an occasional pipe smoker. And this is his song called. A bad case of love. I live in loneliness, I never get no rest. I went to see a love doctor to get out of this mess. He took a look at me before he cast his spell. He shook his head, then began to yell, You got a bad case of love. Yeah, it's a bad case of love. You got a bad case of love, boy, your heart is full of misery. I said, doctor, doctor, do something for me. I feel like a man going through the third degree. Can't laugh a pain, can't eat a bite. Since you've been gone, nothing ever goes right. I got a bad case of love. Yeah, it's a bad case of love. I got a bad case of love. My heart is full of misery. He said, son, I know just how you feel. You love your little babe and you always will. But your wind is short and your bus is weak. It won't be long before you're six feet deep. You got a bad case of love. Yeah, a bad case of love. You got a bad case of love and your heart is full of misery.
else can be said but that's bb king you've got mail pattern baldness and remember if you have a comment or question you can email it directly to me brian b-r-i-a-n at pipesmagazine.com or post it on the pipes magazine radio show page on pipes magazine right under the uh, right under the episode is actually the best place but the best thing you can do is go to itunes or apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it now and leave a rating and a review just like these two fine folks did, and uh, from Momolicious, <laughs> I like that, five stars, listen every week, and then he writes, uh, really enjoy the host and the guest he brings on, I'm a novice pipe smoker of two years, and I've learned a lot from the podcast, and just think it's an entertaining listen, love all the Disney info and commentary. And one of my favorite segments is the music and the rant at the ends. Well, you're going to get some more Disney commentary and uh, rant at the end of this show. So thank you very much, Momolicious. And from 320Doc, 320Doc, uh, it writes, Love it, five stars. So good to my ears to hear a radio-style show about a lifestyle I love. Only 32 years old, but I have an old-school mindset that misses the good radio shows that's been replaced by cheesy podcasts. Keep it up, my friends. Thank you very much. And again, if you can go to iTunes right, and leave us a rating and review, that is much appreciated. Uh, Jay Everett wrote, interesting conversation uh, regarding last week's show. I don't read or listen to as much secular literature as I should, and he got me thinking about correcting that. The Pipe Parts was a doozy of a collection. I'm sure they bring a lot of joy to his piping life. I wonder how many cobs he has floating around for daily life. LOL. All right. We may have an answer to that coming up, too. And then uh, Dino writes, uh, Dudley was quite a fascinating guest. A nicely wide-ranging discussion. I also enjoyed the comments about Dolly Parton. I'm a fan of her as an artist and as a person. One of my favorite Dolly quotes I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb and I'm not blonde either. <laughs> and then he says, excellent choice for music tonight. Uh, and then Dino writes, uh, hypocrisy is the main governmental, corporate, social, and personal meme today. Almost all social interactions are seriously hampered by overwhelming exercises of hypocrisy. One of my pet peeves involves those who insist our kids need to be in school but don't give a shit about the health and welfare of those teachers and support staff responsible for those kids' needs. About 2,000 years ago, a certain Jewish rabbi said in a rant against a group of nitpicking officials, you hypocrites. Thanks for another enlightening and entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you are welcome. And then Casey Ghost says, I thought Cressy had a wide array of pipes that certainly would get any pipe smoker's jealousy going. It did mine. I thought Dudley Delfs was a highly entertaining guest. He was bright, energetic, and he tended to speak in whole sentences. The music was, de was decent. <laughs> and then he says, the biggest fault of humans is that they are human. Yeah, they are. Uh, and then in answer to my review, my pipe collection review of Cressy, Cressy wrote, 
Uh, hi, Brian. I appreciate you mentioning my collection on your show. As synchronicity would have it, I wanted to catch up on the show yesterday morning as I was getting ready to go. Where? To Disneyland as I live in Los Angeles. And now I'll put a break here in the letter and remind you all, please make sure that you get a chance. Go, go on to Disneyland or Walt Disney World's website and email them about the uh, stupid smoking sections. Uh, I've done that. And I've got a list of other companies, but I'm saving that for another rant. Uh, then he goes on to say, uh, to answer some of your questions, I've had a few more Taos and 2S bangs I traded in for the collection of the new Tao and Conowitz. I love those S bangs, especially one straight billiard as it was in the pipe book. Ooh. Uh, however, they were too fragile feeling in my hands, so I don't regret trading those for more Tao and Conowitz. Uh, I also have two more Tau on the way, a sandblasted Rhodesian and a straight smooth bulldog. One Eltang one snail bent billiard coming as well. All the Eltangs are snails as I think he gives such great deals for his snails. Uh, my collection has obviously taken years of waiting and checking the normal sites and jumping on them ASAP. Most of them are smoked. I do not clench and do not smoke them outside, as when I do smoke, it's multiple bowls in the morning and night, always in my office. I sometimes wait till the right time to break them in, which is when I start feeling them calling my name. <laughs> uh, the oldest pipe in my first Danish pipe is the large bent billiard from former you noticed. Uh, I purchased it in 2008 and 2009 from Cup of Joe's Online when the Danish pipe seemed a little large. Uh, when the Danish pipes seemed a little larger, which I prefer, and now it's more difficult to find those sizes from my favorite Danish artisans, and also cheaper as that pipe was around $1,000 new. Yeah, it wouldn't be that now. Uh, then he also says, uh, Eltang seems to be making the bigger classic sizes, which I started collecting more recently. I do have a few factory pipes, mostly Peterson's and one Savinelli Jubilee de Oro, large straight billiard that I found without a filter. I do not like having the filter or adapter, so it's just one Savinelli as previously. I had multiple Savinelli, but always loved my Danish more, so I traded all the, I traded all of them in to help my Danish collection grow. Uh, the Petersons are mostly Sherlock Holmes collections, and the O3 Bent Apple Smooth. I enjoy the P-Lip as well. I missed the 4AB recently as I wanted to grab the dark brown one. Hopefully Peterson will bring that one uh, bring that out as a normal shape as the demand seems to be there as well as the fact it's the actual shape that was smoked in the movies and not just a sherlock stamp i mainly smoke english and burleys virginias just don't give me enough nick unless it's the nick bombs like black triple x so those are once in a while smoked uh, you did introduce me to McBaron Acadian Perique, which with a little age is pretty sweet and enough Nick for my enjoyment. Thanks again for enjoying, for including my collection on the show. You are very welcome, and thanks for sending them in, and uh, thanks for answering my questions. All right, again, if you have comments or questions, you can email them directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. And rant time, pipe show related, coming up next. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, 
preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. regularly promoted going to a pipe show attending a pipe show get yourself to a pipe show you'll never you know all that stuff you've heard me over and over again can't recommend getting to a pipe show enough well here's a problem though how are you supposed to get to the pipe show if you don't know they're happening all right pipe show clubs or pipe you know the pipe clubs or the people that organize the pipe shows let me give you two cents of free advice all right this podcast and pipesmagazine.com between the two between the website and the podcast boy there's over i don't know 35 40,000 pipe smokers that that reach it and we will freely promote your show or at least say that your show is coming up i will mention it on the show all you have to do is email me and i've mentioned my email two or three times per show for several years now but do I get emails from pipe shows? No. Why? Because I don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't care. They think their mailing list is good enough. They think that their email list of people that they send out an email to once a year is going to get through spam filters. All you have to do is simply reach out to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com or Kevin Godby, and we'll put the, we'll put the information out there. It's free, it's simple, it's easy. We believe in pipe shows. But if you pipe show organizers don't tell us when and where the pipe shows are going on and you think it's all on your own email list or your own flyers or whatever, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to get out there as well as it could. On top of that, you want new people coming to your pipe shows, don't you? Well, what if somebody's just come into the hobby in the last two years and they're not on your email list? Brian at PipesMagazine.com or Kevin at PipesMagazine.com will help promote your pipe show for free. All you got to do is let us know. That's it. That's all you got to do. Okay, I'm calm now, I think. Hey, remember, keep emailing all those companies that uh, that we don't like. I'll give you more of a list on them coming up. And uh, thank you to Ash for joining me. I'm looking forward to more of those. Thank you to Fred for sitting down with me. 
Most of all, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy was it authentic frontier gibberish. It expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.